0: Hello, brothers and sisters, and welcome back to an all-new Sermons in the Park podcast-exclusive episode. As always, I am your Reverend Jamie McCaskill. I want to make sure to take this time, to, like I do each and every time we do one of these, just to tell you thank you for joining me. Uh, I say this each time, but I mean it. Um, it's always a pleasure for me to be here to do one of these with you and to have you listen in. Um... You probably already know the, the title for this video because you've probably already seen the title card and all that good stuff. But um, this title might confuse you. Uh, you see, Paul, he, he would often use paradoxes when he teaches. And that's things like um, where he says one thing and it, it, and it might confuse you like uh, blessed be the poor. You know while well, you might think to yourself well how can the poor be blessed but you might be asking yourself um what do these paradoxes that that paul would use what do they reveal about uh being a, an uh an effective representative of the kingdom of god and you know, what do, what do they tell us about his plans, meaning God? What, do, what does it tell us about God's plans, you know, for offering salvation to all of humanity? And also, you might be asking, how do they bear witness to God's perfect love and grace towards us? Now, today we're going to take a look at five of them. Five of these paradoxes that Paul used. And we're going to look at how they can reveal the mind and the will of God. First, I figure this one's a really good one. So let's look at this one first. Strength through weakness. Read with me. 2 Corinthians chapter 12, verse 10. It says, Therefore, I take pleasure in infirmities in reproaches, in necessities, in persecutions, in distresses, for Christ's sake. For when I am weak, then I am strong. You might be, you know, if you were standing there, you would probably going "Now, Paul, how is that possible? How can you be weak? How can you be both weak and strong at the same time? When you're reading this, you need to keep in mind, right, that Paul is commenting on both aspects of life. And by both aspects of life, I mean the physical as well as the spiritual. You see, Paul, he was not a stranger to the different trials and tribulations of this world. You see, a situation that had been prophesied about his ministry, in fact, uh, we might have talked about this before, but let's look at it again. Acts chapter 9 verse 16. For I will show him how great things he must suffer for my name's sake. Right? He, he received many, many, many beatings. He also was in three different shipwrecks. And that is not even to mention the dangers that he would have experienced while while traveling You know, at that time, when he was walking the roads between different places. And then, think about Paul's health. We just talked about that. Take a look at 2 Corinthians, chapter 11. Look at verses 23 to 27. It says, Are they ministers of Christ? I speak as a fool. I am more, in labors more abundant, in stripes above measure, in prisons more frequent, in deaths oft. Of the Jews, five times received I forty stripes, save one. Thrice was I beaten with rods, once was I stoned. Thrice I suffered shipwreck, a night and a day I have been in the deep. In journeyings often, in perils of water, in perils of robbers, in perils of mine own countrymen, in perils by the heathens, And perils in the city, and perils in the wilderness, and perils in the sea, and perils among false brethren, and weariness and painfulness, and watchings often, and hunger and thirst, and fastings often, and cold and nakedness. Oh, oh, and don't forget the famous thorn in the flesh that we just discussed. Do you remember that motivated him to write about this specific paradox? 2nd Corinthians chapter 12 verse 7. And lest I should be exalted above measure though through the abundance of the revelations, there was given to me a thorn in the flesh, the messenger of Satan, to buffet me, lest I should be exalted above measure. And on top of all of this, right, Paul experiences strong and sometimes even violent opposition to himself and and the message that he preached God allowed Paul to become weak and Paul also experienced great troubles through all of this Paul learned to rely on God to accomplish his goals you see this weakness it kept Paul from becoming vain from becoming proud because he would have been able to say that he did it on his own you've hear, you've heard me time and again say i pity people like that i pity people who can sit there and say i did this all on my own because you know what they don't they, they don't know what it's like to rely on god let's look at 1 corinthians chapter 1 verses 27 to 29 But God hath chosen the foolish things of the world to confound the wise. And God hath chosen the weak things of the world to confound the things which are mighty. And base things of the world and things which are despised hath God chosen. Yea, and things which are not, to bring to naught things that are, that no flesh should glory in his presence. Like I said, Because of the weaknesses of Paul, he had to completely rely on God to give him strength to carry out the tasks that he did in God's name. The weaknesses were used to help him grow, to spiritually mature and and become strong. Another paradox is when Paul says, excuse me, not all of Israel is Israel. What does that mean? Well, we see this when we read Romans chapter 9, verses 6 and 7. Not as though the word of God hath taken none effect, for they are not all Israel, which are of Israel, neither because they are the seed of Abraham. Are they all children? But in Isaac shall they call thy seed, in Isaac shall they call, thy seed be called. Now, this does not mean that the word of God has failed. Because we know that not all of those who, who descended from Israel are Israel. Am I right? So, this again bears another question, doesn't it? And that question is, how is it possible that not all of the descendants of Israel, and by that I, of course, mean Jacob, how are they not all Israelites? And, and how are we to understand this? Because this is very perplexing paradox, isn't it? To understand this one, we need to look at the biblical teaching of the two Israels. Remember, the primary focus of the Old Testament focuses on what? That's right, the physical descendants of Israel. We see them them do what? They enter Egypt, and then we also see them leave Egypt and accept the Old Covenant. We see them enter the Promised Land, and so on and so forth. When we look at the New Testament, we see a focus on Jesus and the New Covenant, which Jesus makes possible. When when we repent and we accept the New Covenant, we are then considered the New Covenant. And spiritual Israel of God. When you pay attention to the writings of Paul, we see him make it very plain that it is our faith in Christ and not some physical descent that determines who God considers Israel and the heir of the promises. So, because of this, we should understand that if we are in the faith, we are the true sons of of abraham because of this right the blessings of abraham came to the gentiles through jesus so so that we could uh, receive the promise of the spirit through the faith take a look at some verses with me first off let's look at galatians chapter 3 verse 7 it says know ye therefore that they which are of faith the same are the children of abraham then we can also look at just a few verses later in verse 14 that the blessing of Abraham might come on the gentiles through Jesus Christ that we might receive the promise of the spirit through faith. And then if we look at you know my, one of my favorite books Romans chapter 4 verse 16 therefore it is of faith that it might be by grace to the end of the promise might be sure all the seed not to that only which is of the law but to that of also which is of the faith of abraham who is the father of us all and and we also see jesus reference this very distinction the distinction between physical descent as well as spiritual descent from abraham also israel right when we when he gives us a paradox to the Pharisees that they reject. And we see this in John chapter eight, verses thirty-seven and verse thirty-nine. I know that ye are Abraham's seed, but ye shall I mean, but ye seek to kill me, because my word hath no place in you. And then in verse thirty-nine they answered and said unto him, Abraham is our father. Jesus saith unto them, If ye were Abraham's children, ye would do the works of Abraham. Paul, he also speaks of an ambassador in chains, doesn't he? Read with me. Ephesians chapter 6 verses 19 and 20. And for me that utterance may be given unto me, that I may open my mouth boldly to make known the mystery of the gospel for which I am an ambassador in bonds that therein I may speak boldly as I ought to speak and then look with me also at 2 Corinthians chapter 5 verses 18 to 20 and all things are of God who hath reconciled us to himself by Jesus Christ and hath given to us the ministry of reconciliation to wit that God was in Christ reconciling the world unto himself not imputing their trespasses unto them, and hath committed unto us the word reconciliation. Now that we are ambassadors of Christ, as though God did beseech you by us, we pray you in Christ's stead, be ye reconciled to God. Now, this paradox is actually very straightforward. Remember, when he wrote these verses... He was actually in chains with a Roman soldier under house arrest and we read about that right last week but we'll read it again Acts chapter 28 we're only gonna look at two verses this time though 16 and 20 and when we came to Rome the centurion delivered to the prison delivered the prisoners to the captain of the guard but Paul was suffered to dwell by himself with a soldier that kept him and a few verses later in verse 20 we see For this cause therefore have i called for you to see you and to speak with you because that for the hope of israel i am bound with this chain now how can somebody be an ambassador if they don't even have the freedom of 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 normal everyday people you see in ancient times if you were an ambassador you had rights and protections that were granted to you in the country that you were serving <clears throat> In one of the books that I own titled Bible Background Commentary, if you were to look up uh, Ephesians chapter 6 verse 20, you'll see that the author says this, and I'm going to read it here to you. Ambassadors were to be received with all the respect due to one <clears throat> sorry, who sent them as heralds. They were to be immune from hostility, even if they represented an enemy kingdom. Okay? So Paul, in spite of the fact that he was in chains, he was an ambassador. He was an ambassador who represented the kingdom of God. You see, even though Paul was in prison, he was still able to preach the gospel through his personal interactions, through his letters. In fact, six of the biblical books that he wrote, he was in prison when he wrote them. As long as the world is being led to the devil, should see should say being led by the devil like we read in john chapter 14 verse 30 hereafter i will not talk much with you for the prince of this world cometh and hath nothing in me right and then we read uh, in second corinthians chapter 4 verses 3 and 4 what do we read there but if our gospel be hid it is hid to them that are lost in whom the the god of this world hath blinded the minds of them which believe not lest the light of the glorious gospel of christ who is the image of god should shine unto them and you see as long as the devil leads the world like i said it will never treat the ones who represent god with any respect with any protection and this is because like we read It does not recognize God as the king. Nor does it accept the validity of the kingdom of God. Paul, he also speaks of salvation being lost and found. Right? Hold on a minute. I lost my place. (laughs) I've had something written down here that I was going to read you. Anyway... You know how much I love the letters of Paul to the Romans. So let's just go ahead, uh, while while I think about what it was I was going to read to you here. Let's look at uh, Romans chapter 9, verses 30 and 31. What shall we say then, that the Gentiles, which followed not after righteousness, have attained to righteousness, even the righteousness which is of faith, but Israel, which followed after the law of righteousness, hath not attained to the law of righteousness now this paradox here this one is own salvation it's also related to the one that we read we see in Romans chapter 9 verses 6 and 7 which says not as though the word of God hath taken none effect for they are not all Israel which are of Israel neither because they are the seed of Abraham are they all children but in Isaac shall they call, thy seed be called. So, <clears throat> how can someone find salvation if they're not even looking for it? Am I right? How can someone who who zealously seeks righteousness not attain righteousness? You see, the Jews, they believed that their physical descent from Abraham, as well as them receiving the law and keeping it that this would earn them salvation take a look luke chapter 3 verse 8 bring forth therefore fruits worthy of repentance and begin not to say within yourselves we have abraham to our father for i say unto you that god is able of these stones to raise up children unto abraham and then also why not let's look at john chapter 8 verses 33 to 34 this is a good bit to read here so let's look at that they answered him we be abraham's seed and were never in bondage to any man how sayest thou ye shall be made free jesus answered them verily verily i say unto you whosoever committeth sin is the servant of sin and the servant abideth not in the house forever but the son abideth ever if the Son therefore shall make you free, ye shall be free indeed. I know that ye are Abraham's seed, but ye seek to kill me, because my word hath no place in you. I speak that which I have seen with my father. And ye did that ye do that which ye seen with your father. They answered and said unto him, Abraham is our father. Jesus saith unto them, If ye were Abraham's children... Ye would do the works of Abraham, but now ye seek to kill me, a man that hath told you the truth, which I have heard of God. This did not Abraham. They even maintain it, right? This false view. Even though they, they received correction from John the Baptist in Matthew chapter 3, verse 9, it says, And think not to say within yourselves, We have Abraham to our father. For I say unto you that God is able of these stones to raise up children unto Abraham. And then, of course, they hear it from Jesus as well in John chapter 8, verses 34 to 44. Right? Jesus answered them, Verily, verily, I say unto you, Whoever committeth sin is the servant of sin. And the servant abideth not in the house forever, but the son abideth ever. If the son therefore... We've already read all of this. Right? They also heard it from many, many others as well. But, you see, by doing this, by trying to save themselves, by lacking faith, they disqualified themselves from true salvation. And see, the Gentiles, those non-Israelites, they were never offered the Old Covenant, were they? Not directly, anyway. And because of this, They never pursued righteousness. They indulged themselves in many, many sins. And because of this, when God in all of his mercy and grace, when he extended them salvation, they were not hindered in their self-righteousness. You know, they, they did not believe that they deserved anything from him. They were willing to repent and accept his gift of salvation because it was by faith. Another one of Paul's paradoxes is when he mentions being rich through poverty. Look at 2 Corinthians chapter 8 verse 9. For ye know that the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ that through he that though he was rich yet for your sake he became poor that ye through his poverty might be rich. Now how can someone who is poor make other people rich this right here is the last paradox of paul that we're going to look at today okay and this one involves jesus both before and after he became human declaring jesus the god of the old testament as being rich before he was incarnate that's a massive understatement isn't it he possessed an unmatched glory And honor as the creator of both heaven and earth read with me Romans chapter 11 verse 36 for of him and through him and to him are all things to whom be glory forever amen and then take a look at Hebrews chapter 2 verse 10 for I became him I'm sorry for it became him for whom are all things and by whom are all things in bringing many sons into glory to make the captain of their salvation perfect through sufferings. You see, Jesus, as a member of the Godhead, everything belonged to him. And that includes all of the gold, all the silver, all the precious stones, everything. Anything on this planet that had value in this universe, actually. Take a look, John chapter 1, verse 3. All things were made by him and without him was not anything made that was made you see jesus for jesus to become the perfect sacrifice for sin he had to give up so many powers so many privileges he gave up his glory he gave up the ability to to not to to not die he gave up the power that he shared with his father Now, according to Paul, he he was more than willing to take on the role of a a humble servant. Take a look. Philippians chapter 2, verses 6 to 8. Who being in the form of God, thought it not robbery to be equal with God, but made himself of no reputation, and took upon him the form of a servant, and was made in the likeness of men, and being found in fashion as a man, He humbled himself and became obedient unto death, even the death of the cross. He did this so that through his death he could offer us a glorious and eternal future. Read with me, 1 Corinthians 2, verse 9. But as it is written, I hath not seen nor ear heard, neither have entered into the heart of man the things which God hath prepared for them that love him so i want to take this time once again just to say thank you for joining me here um i hope you're enjoying this uh series on the apostle paul that we've been doing um i'll let you know what the next one's going to be give me just one second it's going to be who did paul curse um that one i don't know when it'll be because like i like i said with with this new job i don't know what my work schedule's like half the time you know, I might be off Friday or Saturday. I might not be off Saturday. I have no idea. So uh we'll see how that we'll see how this week goes. You know, maybe there'll be a new one Saturday, maybe not. I can't make any promises. So thank you all for joining me here. I pray the Lord continues to bless and keep each and every one of you, and I hope to see you all here next time. God bless you, and I love each and every one of you. <music> Oh, thank you.